Invitations can change your life. How you respond to an invitation can change the course of your life. Welcome to Heart Talk with me, Dr. Charles Lee. We are in Sydney, Australia, and I'm privileged to be able to have this particular discussion with one of the uh, leading uh, psychologists here in Sydney. My guest today is Claudia Hotas, and uh, we are privileged to have her with us today. Claudia, welcome to Heart Talk. Thank you. I'm very privileged to be able to be here, and I'm very, um, thank you very much for the invitation. Excellent. You know, um, as we came in yesterday into Sydney, and, uh, and I did some homework and some research of what heart disease is here in, in Australia. Yeah. Um, I was really taken aback to realize, of course, it's, it's the number one killer yes. for both men and women in Australia. Mm -hmm. And apparently 1.5 million Australians have heart disease and it makes up about 15% of the death rates. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so it is quite surprising that, um, you know, over the many years of research that we have done, uh, we still call it the silent killer and I would have thought that by now all the risk factors would have been uh, totally explored and, and understood from the research point of view and and from what I went through as a patient who had bypass surgery yeah. I realized that a big component of my recovery was mm -hmm. in the psychological problems that I went through yeah. and, and how much that is missed out in the journey post-surgery Mm -hmm. of a bypass patient or for that matter any heart patient. So I want to start off by just sharing with you what some of the forums that we read and some of bypass patients go through and how they pour their hearts out. It's really cries of the heart mm -hmm. in the midst of a storm that has suddenly come into the life of a person. Yes. And so allow me to just read through um, yeah. a, a lady who wrote this. Um, I'm scheduled to talk with a cardiothoracic heart surgeon next week. Just had a cardiac catheterization done mm -hmm. and it showed triple blockage of my main arteries to my heart. I'm in good shape. I walk three miles three times a week. I have a normal blood pressure. I'm not overweight. But my elder sister just had surgery for congestive heart problems. Mm -hmm. I'm 60 and I've been active my whole life. I'm in shock and I'm not ready to give up my active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. My grandkids are counting on me to ride roller coasters this summer. This will be my first major surgery and hospital stay. I'm glad they caught this before a heart attack. Mm -hmm. But I'm so nervous, anxious. In mm -hmm. fact, I'm mad. Um, and, but I need to be healthy for my son's wedding in September. What do I do and can someone help me? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm reading this because it reflects on what I went through personally, Claudia. Yes. Um, I was ready to go to England with my two sons. Everything, my bags are packed. You know that song by John Denver? I'm leaving on a jet plane. You know, mm -hmm. don't know when I'll be back again. All set. And then bang, I'm told I've got advanced heart disease. Mm -hmm. I'm told to prepare the whole family for two in two weeks and I'm going in for surgery. And so this is a mirror image yes. of the storm that can go through in one's life and yet how to prepare for it. So I want to really start our discussion today, heart yeah. to heart, yeah. from the point of anxiety and fear. And yes. I'm sure in your practice you deal with patients who have gone through some uncertainty in life, yes. which is very sudden, yeah. 
yes. and how do they cope with it? So yeah. let's start from there. Uh, yeah. How would you deal yeah. with that situation? Yeah. Look, I would probably start acknowledging with with the person that this has been a, a quite traumatic experience that it's not really something you can really prepare for but when it happens you need to be able to deal with it and you need to be mindful that it's you know a difficult experience and you need to be kind to yourself and give it time as well but there are certainly strategies that you can use to get through maybe a bit better than if you wouldn't use those strategies. Mm -hmm. So one thing I've already mentioned, which is acknowledging to myself that this is going to be a difficult period mm -hmm. and therefore be extra mindful of being supportive and kind with myself. Unfortunately, we have a tendency to be hard on ourselves, push ourselves maybe too hard, you know, be a bit forthright and, and, you know, stern with ourselves, which is not helpful in a situation like that. Right. right. So, try to think about yourself as your best friend and what would you tell your best friend if he came to you and said, you know, I'm really anxious, this is going to happen, I'm just so frightened. You wouldn't go, well, just put your, you know, pull your socks up, don't be a pussy yeah, or something right, like right, that. Right. You would say, it's okay, you know, this is frightening, I understand. So, so what you're saying is talk to oneself first. Have positive self-talk uh, right. where you try to be kind to yourself. You acknowledge that this is a difficult time, right. that you will have to give yourself time to understand what's actually yeah, happening right. and to think about everything you can do to support yourself through this. I mean, I think this is brilliant because one of the difficulties that I had to face, and I'm sure the writer of this forum who sent this thing in, was just to be able to tell oneself, I'm a heart patient. Yes. You know, That's because right. uh, suddenly you are in a, in a national heart center, yeah. like those patients who have gone through cancer, suddenly you've got this um, inflicted yeah. upon you. Yeah. And, and just to be able to tell myself, I'm a heart patient. Yeah. You know, yeah. that itself can be yeah. scary. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, and so it's a shock. It's a shock. It's a shock. And shock means that we we hear what is being said to us, but we can't really emotionally relate because it's a protective mechanism. You know, we are sheltered from our own emotions in that period of shock. Right. Because it's just too overwhelming. Right. So it'll be natural for it to last a couple of days until you're actually starting to feel what that means. And then you would probably find that there's quite a rush of onset of anxiety and, and feeling frightened. Right. So I think the more you understand about that process, the better you're probably prepared for that to happen. But I think the key is really to understand that this is going to be a difficult time to acknowledge what's going on for me and to, to support myself like I would my best friend. Now, um, the, the next kind of phase that, that will come in would be once you have received this diagnosis yeah. uh, from, from the heart surgeon or cardiologist for that matter, um, I went into a state of depression yes. because um, not, not so much of feeling sad for myself but more of apathy. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, and there are some other bypass patients who would go into this, why me, 
you know, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I've got this, I've been just exactly what I read. Mm. Um, and and how does one sort of ward oneself out from being from not getting into a depressive state even before surgery? Yes. And then we will talk about what happens after because it really happens after too. So anxiety, fear, mm -hmm. you have said now to have some time with oneself yeah. to acknowledge. And, and other strategies mm -hmm. such as yep. good self-care. Mm -hmm. So look after myself really well. Like how? Um, for example, if I feel um, very scared and I feel that I need maybe a little bit of time off because I had a bad night's sleep to have an arrangement with my employee that I can come in a little bit later, that um, I can sleep a little bit in. So really look after myself well, right. but also establish strong relationships with the people around me. So, you know, lean on my family, my friends, anyone that I feel comfortable with um, to tell about what's going on with me, please do so and, and engage with them. You know, okay. make sure that they're there for you that you can talk to someone whenever there's something going on for you. Then I would recommend techniques like relaxation. Okay. If you're anxious, if you're stressed, maybe listen to relaxation tapes, progressive muscle relaxation, other strategies just to help you to calm yourself down. Meditation, to really help you to ground, to center, but also to, to distract, you know, right. breathing exercises. Right. To stop that anxious looping around oh my god what if what if what if to just focus on the breathing and try to distract from those thoughts because they will create more anxiety you know it's that negative feedback yes. loop right. you you think about the surgery you get anxious the more anxious you get the more catastrophic your thinking becomes around the surgery right. the more anxious you get the more catastrophic and it's right. a very negative feedback loop mm -hmm. So ideally, you need to, when that happens, distract, um, interrupt that by distraction, right. breathing exercise. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not going to think about this. I'm focusing on my breathing, okay. and I relax as I do that. Okay. And so, what are the points that or advice you can give mm -hmm. regarding emotional strength? How do we get that back? Leave alone all the other physical deep breathing exercise. But it's that emotional. You feel drained out. You, you feel suddenly there's a vacuum inside of you because you've just been drained out. Mm -hmm. So how would, you, mm -hmm. how would you counsel, or how would you deal with mm -hmm. that situation? Regaining it's, emotional strength. Yeah, it's, it's probably a combination of again acknowledging to myself that it, it is a difficult time and it has been okay. a difficult time and to be kind to myself. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing, and you've mentioned depression, the other thing that I think is vital in this process is to try to keep a positive attitude that's obviously very easily said. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I, I can tell you this positive attitude thing is, I've taken it out of my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my cookbook recipe. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody tells you, well, think positive, you know, and, and sometimes doctors don't help at all. Yeah. When they say, hey, you've got brand new lines and you've got a brand new heart, and, yeah. you know, and you feel that, I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah. just the whole, you know. But um, it's the only way. So when you say positive attitude, let, let's be practical because yes. hard talk is about being practical. Yeah. How do I go on a positive... Uh, well, I, I guess the first step would be to not allow yourself too much to dwell on the negative or to dwell on the losses. Okay. So it's probably too, too hard to, to go from, you know, I used to be healthy and my 
sense of self was that I was a healthy person and now I have to acknowledge I'm a heart patient, it's probably too much asked to then be able to go, yes, and that's a good thing because now I have a new heart and it's a lot better than it was. That's too much asked. But I guess it is still necessary to not allow yourself to dwell too much on the past and on the negative of right. it. Wonderful. So I guess you it's okay to think I really grieve for the fact that I used to be healthy and I'm not as much anymore or there's a, something mm -hmm. medically wrong with me. Mm -hmm. But I guess I'm allowed to think that maybe once or twice, but then it's enough. You need to interrupt. If you continue to stay with that and go, oh, why and why did it happen to me? And I was so healthy and what a terrible thing and, you know, and, yes. and start sort of... Build oneself up into that frenzy kind of right. state. That's right. Um, and, and, and I guess, you know, think that fate has not treated sure. you well and life is not treating you well and really right. sort of allowing yourself to to roll in that and to dwell on that for too long right. that will then create a lot of sadness obviously so the thing is as you probably know the way we think is how we feel is then how we behave mm -hmm. so if i allow myself to dwell on that for too long i start feeling very sad right. hopeless uh, there's not nothing I can do, so right. therefore, and so then how I we think is how, how we feel, feel is how we and behave. how we behave, and that translates into real physical you yeah. know, so behavior, I, isn't it? That that's right. So if I think, let's say, for an hour, I dwell an hour around what my, what I've lost and how my heart is not what it used to be, and you know how everything is really really bad, mm -hmm. I start feeling sad, hopeless, lethargic not very enthusiastic about anything, I probably right. retract. And then what I do is I sit around, I don't do the things anymore that I used to enjoy, I don't reach out to people, I don't have a positive outlook on life so anymore. You become inclusive, I mean, you, I know, you start sort of in, in, you know, an introvert passive. kind of uh, thing. That's you know? right, and very passive. passive right. And none of that is helpful. Mm -hmm. It's understandable, but it's not helpful. Yeah. This, so is a, this is very, very good because not everybody goes into cardiac bypass after a heart attack and I'm a good example and so too was that lady who wrote in the forum. So, you know, once you have a heart attack, something is very sudden and then yeah. you've got a back step from ground zero, how do you adapt? Yeah. Whereas for others who, like for me for example, give, to give you an idea, uh, when I do my follow-ups, alright, and the cardiac surgeon will tell me, when do I need to go and do a dye test? to see how my new tubes are functioning. Mm -hmm. And he would say, when you get chest pain. And so for patients who have never had a chest pain, that itself is an anxious situation. Because yeah. the moment there's a bit of a pain in the, in the tongue or a pain in the neck, you worry about oh, my tubes not functioning. So yeah. I, can, I can understand many patients who go on the track already of being anxious. You see. Yes. Yes. So your, your advice would be just take it one day at a time kind of thing. Absolutely. And if you start worrying around, you know, oh, do I feel something here and there was a little pain in my tongue or something, instead of allowing myself to run with that thought, which will produce more anxiety and therefore I will then feel maybe more, but probably normal symptoms. Right. It's probably more important to go, okay, I need to listen to a relaxation tape, 
and then after an hour or so of doing that, let's see what's left. Is there really a symptom? If yes, I go to the heart surgeon, I go back to the doctor, but I need to probably calm down first and okay. not think myself into a frenzy okay. around those symptoms. Okay, well, from, from what we have discussed now, there's so much about the self and understanding oneself yes. and started focusing on oneself. Now, I want to just uh, say the statement that relationships are a beautiful source of happiness, passion, joy, yes. and for that matter, support. Yes. So how important are relationships when one goes through a particular event like yeah, this? Very, which is very important. Very, very important. But I guess you would need to find the relationships where you feel comfortable to really talk about anything that's on your mind, and that's not with everyone, obviously. And then also you would need to find people who are able to contain their own anxiety right. because you can't really on top of everything you're going through you right. can't really deal with their anxiety that's what they need to do so that's very important isn't it yes to be able to go to the right person yes that's right and so if someone is riddled with anxiety and goes oh my god you know i can't believe that happened to you and oh my god what if what if what if that's right. not helpful right that person would need to contain their own anxiety it's probably okay to say, look, I'm really worried about you, but that's different to oh, freaking out, you know. So mm -hmm. it's probably important to find the right people at mm -hmm. the time to, to be supportive. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also thinking probably something like self-help groups, if they mm -hmm. are available. Mm -hmm. You know, someone who's already gone through this yeah. who might be able to give advice and, and be like a mentor through, through the process. Right. This is what Hard Talk is all about actually because um, these are interviews that we hope will be able to help others, you know, yeah. so they'll be able to help themselves through this, this crisis. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I know that during the time when I received the news and I had my surgery, um, it was tough to behave well at home. Yes. Um, very edgy, um, yes. there's so many things up against you suddenly and you look at your family and they say, oh no. How long am I going to be around with them? Yes. You know that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. um, that's a very difficult situation to go through, Claudia. And what's yes. your advice mm -hmm. for those you know who have come back from surgery and and get into that uh, state where they start worrying about you know the circumstances around? Because yeah. it's very real, I tell you. Yeah, There's yeah. no textbook out of this. Yeah, yeah, I know. And um, and there are not many Claudias around to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so so I'm still on this point of relationships. Um, mm. One has to also embrace the difficulties that the others are going through too, isn't it? Yes, that's right. To a certain degree, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I guess one also needs to be, particularly when oneself is still struggling and unwell, one also needs to be probably a little bit of a little bit selfish at times, and and protect oneself if if we are too much at the receiving end of other people's distress. Right, right, you know? right. So yes, I can help a little bit, but if, if they are suffering too much, mm -hmm. then I need to probably protect myself from that mm -hmm. and, and ask them to seek help for themselves or mm -hmm. maybe you know, go to other people outside from myself right. to, to gain some balance because okay. I'm struggling enough with my own stuff.
And I think you, you've touched on the fact that with something like that, that we are reminded of our mortality. Yes. And I guess that is probably the most difficult thing to deal with, yes. and that's probably where most of the anxiety comes yes. from. And I guess somehow we need to find a way to be okay with the fact that we are mortal and that at any time, and that's not only true for someone who's had a heart problem, it's true for all of us, but we're just not aware of it. Right. You know, I mean, we all could die any minute because a bus might hit us or something might happen, but we're usually not aware of that. We just yeah, push that away way. and we yeah. just pretend as if we were right. invincible, but yes. we're not. start acknowledging with with the person that this has been a, a quite traumatic experience that it's not really something you can really prepare for but when it happens you need to be able to deal with it and you need to be mindful that it's you know a difficult experience and you need to be kind to yourself and give it time as well well, the thing is, as you probably know, the way we think is how we feel, is then how we behave. Mm -hmm. So if I allow myself to dwell on that,